testing. One, two, three. Good. Testing. Let me test my voice now. No oh, clipping. We're you're good. You're a little louder. No, we're, well, I'm louder because I have a deeper voice. Do we have to not talk over each other? We can talk over each oh other. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> that was good. Hey, it's Lisa, also known as Mrs. Mad Money Monster. I am here with, as always, Mr. Mad Money Monster. And today, we have a guest. Mama Money Monster. Mama Money Monster, why don't you say hello? Hello. <laughs> this is Mama Money Monster's first podcast. And why don't you tell the audience who Mama Money Monster is? Well, she's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> if you, yes, I'm assuming you listened to the past two episodes, but yeah. in case that's not uh, the the case, um, yes, she's my mother, and we have her on. We're going to talk about generational foundations as far as finances and. Uh, get some stories because I'm guessing what I've relayed in the past few podcasts might not have been her, you know, actual memories. So this is just what I remembered her telling me, um, but she actually lived it. So right. let's talk about some of that. I think one of the most interesting things is, is how you grew up as a child. So can you give a little background of uh, uh, how you grew up, like the type of household that you were in, how oh, many yes. people were there? and. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about growing up and, and when you were born. Go ahead. Yeah, I grew up with my grandparents and my mother in the house, too. But they had nine children, but some of them were gone. So it was an extended family. You had it your was. grandparents in the home. Yeah. They had their children, and then you and you and your brother were living there with my mom. Right. right. I was just going to say your mom lived with you. Yeah, because my mom, she... You know, she couldn't afford to go out anywhere to live. So, so what did the financial out? What was the financial landscape in that household? Who was working? Who was taking care of the bills? Who was my grandfather? He worked. Okay. And uh, Uncle Bud worked. And, and what did paid, what did he do? What did your grandfather do? He was um, a bondsman at the oh. Lancaster Tobacco Warehouse. I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah, what is what, what is, is that? that? Do you remember it's what it was? Yeah, he ran the boilers and stuff all night, but he had a bond on him. He couldn't let the place burn down. He had to go outside in the winter to each of the buildings. Huh. Okay. And clock in. But he was the only real, he was the biggest source of income until the, some of the sons got older. Yeah, well, Uncle Bud, he, he uh, right. went to work when he was pretty young. But, so when these people all went to work, did they contribute money yes. to the household? They had to pay, uh, Uncle Bud paid uh, board, you know. Yeah, right? yeah. Aunt Marie paid rent. She was there. Uncle but before, Tony. But let's talk about before that. Before they were old enough to do that, it was all on your grandfather to support Mostly. everyone. Mm, when them days were, you went to you went to work when you were 13 or so. <laughs> See, that's, yeah, I didn't realize that. That's, right, that's, that's, that's a good insight. World. My Uncle Bud and... Uncle Tony and them, Uncle Bud, he was, uh, they put him out in the farm, uh, you know, right. at about 13 years old. So then he helped to contribute to the family. Now, I don't think he kept much for himself because it was for So then family. I'm yeah. guessing they didn't finish high school then. No. Okay, so, mm -mm. but that was not unusual. No. Right? So they. And same with me. What did your mom do for a living and how did she contribute? Well, my mom was a nurse's aide at the hospital. And for a while, then she worked in a uh, frozen meat place where Uncle Tony went to work that day. Okay. So as they got older, you know, they did a, had a better job, but it 
you know, they didn't have the education, but they were very intelligent. So it was not uncommon for them to not finish school at that time because yep. you were born in 45. So there was not like a huge focus on no even graduating high because school, it was a, right? Let know, alone going to college. That was buying the house and keep helping and everybody. And it was different back then with jobs, right? Yes. They so didn't pay much. They didn't pay much, but you had a job that was steady yeah. and you could stay your whole working life. Life, yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. that's, typic yeah. not, that's not typical today. So... Let's go back to the finances. What was your interpret like were you were you aware of money from a from a young age? Yes. How so? Poor. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have uh, you know at Christmas times and things, you know. So when do toys you when do you think when do you think you started to realize oh we're we're poor compared to some other people? You know, that never bothered me, and I really didn't pay attention to that. Okay. Because I grew up in a house where, you know, people kept it pretty secure and stuff. So there were a lot of people, it was a lot, a lot of, love. of love in our house, uh, you know, for each other. And that kind of compensated, or else I wouldn't have made it, maybe. <laughs> so, so speaking of that, with, with the day and age of kids with a lot of material things, uh, iPads, iPhones, video games... Describe, you told me a story once, how some of the Christmas presents you oh, got. Oh, yeah. One year, my, well, it was hard for my mom to get presents. So one year, she took my toys that I did have from a couple of years and painted them all <laughs> and gave them to me for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I didn't holler about it or not. I thought it was cute, but I knew she did it. <laughs> yeah. How old were you, do you think? Oh, that? my. Ugh, maybe four or five. But so, she, so did you grow up with an awareness? You, you said there was a lot of love in the house. Mm -hmm. So you grew up with an awareness that there wasn't a lot of money. Right. How did that affect you? Like, did you get an allowance? And when you did come into money, whether you worked for it, found a quarter, whatever it was, what did you do with your money as a child? How did you handle your money as a child? Well, I, I started babysit when I was nine. And mm -hmm. 11 years old, I was helping to clean houses. You know, mm -hmm. and I took my money that I made. Sometimes it was only like a dollar an hour or right. something to scrub right. people's houses. And I was aware I liked my family always dressed nice, no matter what. Yes. And I always liked clothes and <laughs> shoes. And so one Still time, do. yeah, one time <laughs> I went down the street to a little store that the lady had, a Jewish lady, and she had a skirt in there. Everybody at school had one but me. And it was three dollars, and then a pair of shoes, you know. And I only had so much dollars, like six dollars or something. And I was so sick that I wanted them shoes so bad I wouldn't leave the store. And she gave it to gave it to me for three dollars. <laughs> and this felt skirt was cute; it had dogs on it. And stuff. <laughs> so you went to school and you felt good. Yeah, you felt like the other kids. Well, not well, sorta. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it was hard because. Our school had a lot of rich kids in it. Yeah. You know, and it was hard, you know, going to school and having rummage sale clothes. So that's <laughs> interesting because that kind of plays into what we've talked about in past episodes where where your outward appearance, your nice clothes, yeah. um, really mattered and really made you feel yes. better. Yes. Um, whereas a lot of people, you know, right now chasing financial independence or early retirement, like yeah. they're... They don't care what what they're buying. They're they're buying the cheapest clothes they can find. They're buying. They're living the cheapest. They don't. 
they don't care what kind of car they drive. They don't care about appearance at all um, because they're chasing that dream. But for you, it made a difference. It was a huge, it was a huge emotional boost. Oh, our home was always clean. And my grandfather used to preach to us and say, soap and water don't cost much. (laughs) (laughs) Keep yourself neat. Yeah. And every Sunday, our, every Sunday, our, uh, my, my uncles were older than me, of course. And they would dress in their gabardine pants and white shirts and shine their shoes. And we looked like we were rich. Right. <laughs> and and Sunday was like a family gathering. Yes. Day, right? Oh, we had big, <clears throat> big, my grandfather made sure we had food in the house, you know, and stuff. And So let's, let's talk about your grandparents, mm-hmm. right? Nanny, so, so, right. So they're, they're basically the glue that holds the household together. Yeah. They're, well, your nanny stayed home, right, with the children. Well, she, for a long, many years, she went out to work. 35 years she sewed oh, clothes and stuff in the this factory. is news to me <laughs> she went to work sick she told me she was pregnant and the man was so mean he said well you're going to stay or you lose your job so she had to stay at work different sick. times <laughs> and because it wow. was you know you had to make your money back then to keep a family that size you know so wow. you had both of them working but it was only enough to keep the, like you said, to keep the household running. Right, but then it wasn't. Nanny, it wasn't enough to build wealth. No. Right. Mm-mm. But na- um, Papa and Nanny were very uh, frugal. We went uh, to IGA stores. But Papa always looked in the papers for like Campbell's soups and stuff when mm-hmm. on sale. Okay. And we would all the sales he would get, and our the trunk of my uncle's car that I borrowed to take him was. Down on the road for nerves. So he was he was an extreme couponer before it was a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he newspaper looked look through the newspaper. <laughs> and nanny knew how to buy too. But then as soon as uh, my nanny or my papa nanny got a little better off then he would buy her things nice mm-hmm. up to date, you know. Like a stove and a, because we had one of them stoves you put the wood in to burn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to for put, heat. Heat, yeah. heat your food on and right and your iron right <laughs> oh god it was hard <laughs> but yeah we we did a lot of that stuff and then papa put like he had the cellar done over and cabinets long cabinets and stuff and he would fill all them cabinets with food because okay so tell me why did he do that to save money when things were on sale and so we had enough tea because we always had a lot of family came from all over the place. Okay. See, my pap had a lot of relatives. But was, do you think he feared of running out of food? Oh, yes. Like that was a... That was a thing with That him. was a thing Don't with him. save at your mouth, he said. Oh, yeah. You know. But they knew how to save at the mouth, I thought, because they knew what to buy mm-hmm. and how to buy it and what was good. And we had butchers around, too, back then. Mm-hmm. One on the corner, one down the street, and they knew us well because we had our stuff butchered a lot of times. So it was really, and we had fun, you know. At Christmas time and things like that, we it was always wonderful. And the most thing I remember is my grandmother's meals mm-hmm. that she had, and all the people that came to visit, and the whole family came. <laughs> so this is interesting because a lot of the things you're discussing, obviously, they're not really money related. It's just family and closeness. The the yeah. really important things in life. 
which is right. what you, you're you talking could argue about. now is taken an opposite where family is around technology and televisions yes. and internet and everybody's sitting at a restaurant with their phones texting yes. and families no longer conversing with each other. And it's rare to have, I mean, you have children living across the country and you, you don't yeah. have necessarily extended families anymore mm-hmm. and you don't have that Sunday meal where everybody comes together, where that was not uncom- that was not unusual for a family no. to do that, right? No, that was all, everybody's family did yeah, that. My mother, my mother spoke of that as well too. Sundays, the family got together. Yeah, they all came and they descended on one house. Yeah. So let's fast forward, I guess, mm-hmm. to you um, as a teenager, mm-hmm. right? You get you get to the high school. It was a little too overwhelming. It right? was very overwhelming. I was very shy. You were shy. You weren't prepared, Mm-mm. and emotionally, it wasn't. It wasn't something I you could handle. handle. I'd get lost in the building, then I'd be standing be underneath the steps crying. So you <laughs> left school in ninth grade, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And <laughs> when you left school in ninth grade, what was your vision for your future? Not much. Okay, See. so fast forward a few years, you so meet was, your first husband, a, right? No, before well, that. Yeah, well, there was a, another relationship in there before no, that. that but what, Well, what I did first, I worked for Uncle Boyd because oh, okay. he had the body shop by that. Okay, and so what did you do there? I drove for him and picked up all his parts and everything he needed, the paint and all that stuff. And uh, one time he lost his license, I had to drive him all over the place. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, so you were married at 19, your first marriage at 19, mm-hmm. children pretty soon after that. Yeah, a year. Um, and how did that look like? Was there ever a financial plan? Was there or, uh, uh, other my, than just we we need income to pay our bills and to live and move on? Like I felt I had that in me to like, you know, make sure you have insurance and doing this and that yes. and trying to have something and pay for everything that you have. Yes, but I didn't realize that when I got married that he he was spoiled. His parents owned a hotel and stuff, you know, and a couple of houses. Well, he was spoiled. He didn't even go to work till he was about twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> till four years into the marriage, yeah. he 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 started to work though at Burnham Boiler, but he never he didn't stay. Right. Right, he I wasn't know. mature enough. You told like me I one was. one year he had like twenty six jobs. Yes, at tax. That's time. not a joke. <laughs> Part time here, full time there, and every time he so wasn't going to the job. That's, that's a stressful situation. Very stressful. And uh, the money's not there, and you're moving all the time. And I you can't had to pay go the to rent. Work and, right, because by then I had my. Yeah, if he's not working until he's twenty three, that's four years into the marriage. Well, he worked for his dad. Bartending, okay, okay. and what did they do? They paid him fifty dollars a week, which wasn't enough to cover our. What was your rent at the time? One hundred and twenty-five a, a month. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you do that with fifty dollars and kids. So you went to work then to supplement. Yeah, and he sat at home. Right. And by and then you had your second, third child. Yeah, well, three see, children at that point. Yeah, right? and I went as soon as I got out of the hospital with. Uh, with your, your third, brother, your yeah. second brother there, <laughs> I uh, I went into the dark container <laughs> and I was on third shift because one of our relatives could get me in there and Uncle Bud he borrowed me his car, mm-hmm. which was a beautiful car. But I was getting sick there because I was working from twelve 
so in the mornings, and I just got out of the hospital, I still had stitches. Oh, so geez. think what you had to do in them days. You had to do it. You had right. to take care of your kids and stuff. I, in my back of my mind, I was thinking, gee whiz, I wanted to do different things. Were you frustrated with, you felt and like you couldn't get ahead? That, that's right. interesting. You wanted to do different, like what different things? Well, I'm a type that likes to take care of the home and take care. The way I was brought up was, mm-hmm. uh, what he, uh, I always said all the men in our family worked and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I saw that around me. And there was older ones, my uh, aunts and uncles that weren't in the house no more than they may not have graduated, but they were very smart, and they had good jobs. Mm-hmm. My gosh, and they got up in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And and your first husband, not only when you say he wouldn't go to work, but he uh, had gambling issues. Oh, and... yes, he did. So, basically, mm-hmm. you had no experience with a personality type like that. You That's assumed it. he was going to be responsible, just right. like every other role model you had in your life yes. up until that point. Yep. But that was not the case, and it was you didn't know how to deal with that. That's right. And you ended up three kids into this. Yes. Before realizing that this guy's probably not going to change anytime right. soon. Well, I tried to help help by going to the counselor with him, to the priest for, at our church. Nothing worked. He just was what do you call that when you don't want to do something? You're lazy. Lazy. <laughs> yeah, lazy. <laughs> I mean, he just didn't yeah. want to work. Shiftless. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> there are a whole slew of words we could use And yet here. when he worked for his dad at $50 a week, they used to call him shifty. He was so good a bartender and stuff. Well, expectations. He didn't maybe didn't want to disappoint his father. That's true, too. Right? Well, then I was told later, though, he was taking money out of the till. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because he was a gambler. I didn't know. <laughs> I had my hands full. You're three kids into this, 11 years into this marriage. It's obviously not working. Counseling's not working. But you really haven't amassed any type of major savings or wealth or diversified any of your income. It was still survival mode. Right. So you're you're looking to reboot again, restart with my father. But your dad was, uh, what do you call it, stable. Yeah, I worked at Hager's Department Store in Lancaster. I was the elevator operator. And he was a maintenance head, like, under his boss. Um, he could do anything, you know. Maintenance, they depended on him a lot. And uh, that's how we got together. Yeah. He seen <laughs> he that came I was the having, elevator. Huh? He came onto the elevator. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, and he rode the elevator all how the time. How many times a day? Oh, my God. He'd go up to the fifth floor for any reason. <laughs> Saying, well, the one time I, when I got into my work there, you know, before we, right before we got together, I didn't have no winter coat or no gloves or nothing, you right. know, and I had to get on the bus to go home or else I had to walk. So I was pretty near across town. See? Mm-hmm. So he'd say, Gloria, if there's another blizzard, don't hesitate to ask me. Mm-hmm. And I'll take you home because it was bad. Boy, I bet he was hoping for bad weather. He was. <laughs> and then my girlfriends that worked with me, they brought me gloves and stuff to wear at the bus. I felt so bad. <laughs> so you two meet. You you obviously you fall in love. You yep. the relationship starts, but there is a catch from what we understand, and that is, he was married. Yes, he was going through. He would have been going through because she. His wife was, well, his sister told me, but she we was like a little bit... We like to call her rat poison on the show. 
Well, because she, she tried to poison him with yeah. her apple. <laughs> she tried to shoot him with a shotgun. Oh, now this I didn't know. This is good stuff. There we go. He, she, he was definitely <laughs> afraid of her, Lisa. He'd look at his watch all the time. He was so used to her telling him you to be home at a certain time, mm-hmm. you know, or something. And she, he, if he would come home without two dozen eggs for her face <laughs> every week. Wow. For her face? Oh, the she'd white. put on like a mask? Yeah. And boy... She was something, he said, and his sister said too. So she tried to poison him and shoot him. Yes, and she almost did get it to shoot him, but the uh, oldest, uh, your right. brother. I thought, wasn't there a knife incident too? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> he had a big scar on his hand from her taking a knife. I don't know why I'm laughing. That's really not Really? Yeah, you're, you're, enjoying the, she was, you're enjoying this tragedy. She was lucky though because... I mean, Bud was very steadfast, you know? So, basically, you're both escaping terrible relationships. Oh, yes. Found uh, each other. This is fantastic. Tell us cool. about when you went to the house and told him, you're coming with me. That's right. I, did. <laughs> I knew I it. I said, you're not going to do this to me. You don't live with me and walk away. So, he was living with you. You For were pregnant couple, with me. Yeah, a year, couple of years. Or did you have, no, you had me at that point, right? No. Oh, okay. See, I was wrong. Okay. Right after, uh, in, I think it was. I have to think. <laughs> but he didn't want to be there. He was worried for some reason. She kept all his money. So he did save. Yes, I know. A he was a saver. A time. He had thousands saved. Oh, my God. And this is good. I need to hear him. this. And that's one of the reasons he went back, because your Uncle Jake helped one night when she was out to go through the place, because he owned all that stuff. She took his money. She hid it. And he never could find it. And but then the lawyer made sure he got, you know, he got. And uh, she took and put it in an envelope and taped it behind the drawers of the of the <laughs> dresser. Mm-hmm. So I I really want to hear about. Let's go back to you said he saved a dollar at a time. Yes. What was he making and what was he doing? So he was working at at the department store as a maintenance man. Yeah, Hager's. Not earning no. a lot of money. No. So but he wanted to save. So he. He went to work one summer. He worked uh, two jobs, he told me. One at K's all summer long doing their floors, and he worked at Hager's in the daytime. And he built up his money every time he took, even if he didn't, even his first job, he saved a dollar a week out of his paycheck. A dollar a week. Yes. And he amassed thousands by yes, doing Yes, he that. did. Why, what was he saving for? Just saving for when he gets older. For security. Yeah. Do you think he knew about investing did he know mm. he didn't know what that was he didn't really even putting his money in the bank either because of the depression right yes mm-hmm. so it was saving under the mattress and uh, well sort of you know he had a lockbox i know we used. talked about that boy and he stuff. kept it under so, his bed and he used the envelope system yeah yeah he, did. he was uh he he saved whatever he could he kept his living expenses low and right kept, yes well, why we, we lived, lived in, in a America. trailer yeah <laughs> he wouldn't buy a home did yeah. you want to buy a home did you want him to buy a home or did you want to buy a home together i guess oh, i wish we would have maybe had a home but we didn't and i didn't press him on it because i think because i had such a hard time with the first husband i was afraid yeah you know to but push. D- didn't you also feel i don't want to put words in your mouth but did it feel good to know that yes you live in a trailer but your expenses are low and there's more money than yeah, and to he live on. Always made sure. 
I had the money to pay the bills, always. So he dealt only in cash. Did either of you have a credit card? Not till later. Not till I I worked at this I mean, land. that was, we're talking about, I mean, I was born in 75. So when were credit cards, when did they come in onto the scene, really? Credit cards have been around for a long time. Yeah, but I don't think they were. Yeah, Not but, as fluent as they are now. Correct, that's what I'm saying. They weren't as popular uh-uh. until maybe 70s. Maybe. I, yeah. I, I can't attest. You know what was so nice is that we were like friends mm-hmm. first. And so uh, did you ever think, uh, maybe I'll go back to school? May- what, I guess, what was your vision for retirement? Because you weren't saving for retirement, necessarily. No. I mean, you were saving, he was the saving. The kids are still at home. But overall, would you say that your marriage with with Bud that was pretty stable, and, and you recreated much of the family dynamic. Oh yes, I did. That you had growing yeah, up. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So, briefly, just so we can touch on that with people listening, how did you recreate that? I've seen photographs. You had Christmas gatherings. Oh yeah, I had uh, them for meals and stuff, and uh, we had Sunday dinner. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, and and Lisa was the youngest, so. She much pretty much was with me all the time. So even though you never were in a situation where you had enough money to build wealth right. and weren't able to focus on that as part of your life plan, I want to thank you because that is not the case for me. And that's because of everything you said to me growing up. That's right. It was always save your money. Always save for retirement. Open an IRA as soon as you get a job. Have a 401k. Make sure you never depend on anyone. Never depend That's on right. anyone else for money. Right. And and you said get an education. You said get... And I listen. <laughs> you must have. I listen. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think, like I mentioned in another podcast, I don't know that you said those things to the other kids, the older kids. And I, I did tell them. I'm wondering if it's because I was the youngest and you had more life experience. See, back in my day, most of them got married. And oh. the husband was the breadwinner, right? Right. So I was brought up that way. See? Right. So that I didn't think much about that stuff. Right. You assumed you would find someone and you'd get married. I never thought of it that you'd way. You'd be but... a homemaker and a mother and they would take care of bringing yeah, in the money. But I and... went to work too, though. Because so you, had, you, had, you said something very key. Your role models, all the men that surrounded you growing up, all worked. Yes. And you just assumed... Absolutely. That would be that a, was a staple. Spot, I mean, yeah, that would be something that would days. carry over. Right. And women did work. I right. mean, I worked too, but it, it's just the idea that the man was the head of the house back then. Mm-hmm. Right. And the man was the boss of the house back then. <laughs> it's true. So anyone <laughs> listening today who is young and just starting out, maybe getting ready to graduate high school or college or whatever... What would you? What advice would you give to them as far as money? I think today I would tell them to hold off on a personal relationship. That you you should go and do like college and get a good job, save, you mm-hmm. know. But be sure what you're doing. 
I mean, if you meet somebody, don't take the first one. <laughs> don't, don't shoot the first squirrel you know, that comes out in the brain. This is funny. This is something I actually talked about on a on a, a few other podcasts where one of the biggest uh, hindrances to my financial, to me building up my my wealth, was a bad relationship. Right. You know, like. And that's something right. you don't think about a lot right. of times when you enter into the relationship. But as you get older. And you, it's easy to start a relationship, but it's hard to get out of it. Right. So you start this relationship and you mm. don't think about it. And you let so many things slide like, oh, yeah, he's not good with money. Yeah, he's a spender. Yeah, he's this. Or it could be she, whoever, you know, whoever you're entering into a relationship with. But those things can really have a lasting, lasting yes. impact on your finances. Right. You've got to take your time. The person got to fit you. I mean, you know what I'm trying to right. say. Right. I think that is just as important as, like, looking at, at their finances and how they handle money and right. how they view exactly. their relationship with money. I think that's just as important as, you know, do you want to have children in the future? Like that. Yes. And I, I when can't, do you I want can't agree more. I We've talked about it on previous podcasts, and we'll probably go into more depth on that, but the same thing. I ran into a similar situation where financially I was – totally sidetracked by vesting all of my money mm. into somebody and into a relationship that it just ended up throwing me into debt. Yeah. Well, I, I had a relationship that was basically, uh, it's what I call a ten my 10-year um, financial disaster. It really was a decade-long disaster. Yeah. <laughs> the aftermath, you know, it wasn't, not necessarily the whole time that I was in it, but the aftermath of it just like, it was almost like a divorce is what yeah. is what happens. Like Very much so. Yeah, yeah. Well, we want to thank uh, Mamaw Money Monster for coming into the studio. You were a great guest. Yes, great. thank you. Thank you. Maybe you'll it. make another appearance. Yeah, you never know. We, we might have to hear more stories about rat poison. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Can this is imagine? us uh, signing off. All right. Yeah. See ya. See ya. Uh, head on over to iTunes and give us a like and a review. And if you want to read our blog, it's madmoneymonster.com. And we are all over social media at madmoneymonster want to get in touch you can email us at themadmoneymonster at gmail.com